everybody welcome to a special edition of the rock show uh today we're going to be doing a little memorial to the late shane mcgowan uh the irish uh uh founder of the pogues uh many other bands uh i in one of my opinions uh one of the best in my opinion one of the best songwriters in history uh he passed away exactly one month ago today uh on november 30th uh, after a long illness, he was sick for a lot of years. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, we, we, when, when this happened, Rob, you know, I wanted to definitely do a memorial. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we kind of let the dust settle a little bit because it was a little while before they had the funeral for him, you know, and then we had the holidays and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, you know, it was a little head thing. It was crazy. Yeah. And I mean, the amount of, uh, the amount of, of just, people calling and writing and, you know, articles and people remembering Shane. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe not everybody knows who he is, so I'll give yeah. a little background. But, but Mike, um, so you uh, got me uh, to watch that documentary, The Crock of Gold. A Crock of Gold that came out recently. And yeah, um, if you get it right now on Amazon, I rented it. It was 99 cents. Yep, that's what I paid for. On like 99 or $1.99, something like that. So I got it and I watched it today and it was excellent. It was pretty much when did they film that? Just a couple of years ago. Because it seemed like by the end of it, like they pretty much would say like goodbye in a weird way. Well, he yeah, I mean, look, they've been they've been calling for his demise for 40 years. Doctors, <laughs> he got two weeks in. Yeah. I got I mean look, let's let, for people who don't know, okay. It's crazy. Shane, Shane McGowan was not just known for his his music okay the guy was an og of lumped up okay oh, yeah i mean this guy the, the 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 amount of alcohol he consumed was just legendary i i you know <laughs> i guess we shouldn't really you know memorialize that but at the same time you gotta hand it to him in some ways this guy did drank a lot okay well, that's what he liked doing yeah yeah, pretty much say it, even though he was all fucked up and this and that. He like, dude, even when he went to rehab, they had to give him a, like a micro dose of some kind of drug or alcohol just to keep him going, or his body would have shot down. Yeah, I mean, he drank so much that if he stopped, it could kill him. 
Yeah, pretty much. Cold, cold turkey. I'm wearing my I'm wearing my new Shane shirt today. I actually bought this just for the show. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the picture of Shane here with a pint. I mean, that's perfect. You know. Dude, um, but that thing with him, he started drinking the young age, and they showed the little baby like drinking the yes, stout. That was yes. Was yes, that him with yes, actually we, footage? Yeah. Let, let's let's get into the early years a little bit. Now yeah, he was cool. he he was born on Christmas Day in 1957 in Pembury, Kent which is in England, actually. His parents, who both were Irish, they were actually visiting some people in England, and he just happened to come out at that time. So that's where he was born. Uh, but he spent all of his early childhood in Tipperary, Ireland, okay? And uh, which I believe is on the water, if I, if I know my Irish geography right. Um, he had a younger sister, Siobhan McGowan, okay? And she was born later in 1963. Um his family would move to England when he was six and a half. Okay. But like you say, his early, early years as a child, he lived in a little cottage type place. Okay. On a farm. And his family were all farmers. And I mean, this is just something, even though it was the early sixties, when you watch it, when you watch that documentary, a crock of gold, and there's some other good documentaries on YouTube out there, like BBC ones and stuff like that, if you want to check them out. Um, it seemed almost like the 1800s or something, or the early early 20th century, you know? Yeah. It was he had no TV. He had no running water. They still used, you know, horse and buggy type things, horse and cart, you know, carted donkeys and all that kind of stuff. Uh, really just a primitive life. I mean, everybody in one room, uh, there was a room off to the side that they would use if somebody got sick. So they would stay with every away from everybody. Yeah. Uh, very, obviously very Catholic upbringing. Uh, and the interesting thing too is Shane, you know, he stayed with his, his, his Catholicism his whole life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if you watch him in that documentary, he's wearing a big, big cross, uh, obviously later in his life, I think he really went back to the church big time, but he always was religious. He always yeah, was the religious. one that was teaching him the Bible, but get him in smoking freaking liquor at a young age. The man was, yeah, I mean, he, he had it right. He was served, I think, his first pint when he was about five. Okay, Insane. uh, might have even been younger than that. And and you know, it was really like just a just a tradition. I mean, these people drank, you know, uh, you know, well, in Ireland, Guinness is a, it's a nutritional thing. So it's not, it's not unheard of to see a kid drink a beer, you know, they, they, wow. believe, yeah. I mean, it's just how it is. And then the, his first experience with whiskey was pretty funny. They gave you, me like, you remember what it was? What, what brand? I forgot. Cause, Cause I drank it. Something was a pinter. Powers. Powers, yeah. It was Powers, and uh, I think he was like five or six years old, and he and he someone gave him a. It was called something special. A, 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 a baby bottle. He called it a baby Powers. And yeah, it's, it's it's basically just enough for like two shots. Yeah, two shots. I was right? like, and he did, and he and he drank it, and he said he was like hallucinating with the farm animals outside <laughs> talking to him. <laughs> right, the donkeys were talking to him. That was great. Yeah, but. You know, so he started off in, in Ireland and then his family would move to England when he was 
uh, he's about six and a half years old. His father's name was Maurice, and he came from uh, from Dublin originally, very middle class background. Uh, worked in a department store in England, and then his mother Therese, who was actually from Tipperary, uh, worked as a typist in a convent. Okay, she was also a prior to that she was a model. She was the Miss Colleen, I think, of nineteen. 50, late 50s, 57, something like that, yeah. uh, which was in, in Ireland. That was like, you know, Miss Ireland, kind of like Miss Colleen. That was the name. So he moved around quite a bit uh, in the Brighton area of London. He he, he spent some time. Uh, his father was very well read and kind of pushed this literary background onto Shane, who enjoyed it. Uh, Shane was reading... Uh, the great Irish poets and Irish authors at an early age. Uh, he also was a big uh, John Steinbeck fan, a big uh, a Dostoevsky fan. I mean, he was reading these things by the time he was 13 years old. Uh, he also won a, a literary contest when he was 13 that was put out by the Daily Mirror in London. Um, by 71, he got a... Uh, a literary literature scholarship and attended the Westminster school. But shortly thereafter, uh, he would be expelled for drugs and alcohol. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, he ended up spending a few months in a psychiatric hospital in 71. Okay. Due to his, his drug dependency, uh, which I'm not sure what was going on at that point. If I remember in the documentary, he was doing a lot of acid. Oh yeah. At that time, you know, uh, sadly later he would, he would get into heroin much later, but, but you know, the, uh, at that point, I think it was a lot of like acid and mushrooms and smoking weed and things like that. Um, he's by 1975, 76, he was living in London and punk happened. Okay. And that's where Shane really kind of flourished. Um, I'll tell you the first time I ever noticed the guy. Okay. There was the film. Um, oh, what the hell was it called? The punk rock movie. Okay. And it was filmed by Don Letts, the great reggae guy. Yeah. Um, and it basically just filmed the whole punk scene, the early scene at the 100 club in London. Yeah. And there's, there's a, um, a scene when the clash, uh, you can hear the, the track white riot in the background and you see people, slamming dancing around and you see shane and shane has this like union jack yeah coat on that he was known to wear but you know some people uh, you know his irish buddies that were in the punk scene like john lydon right johnny rotten from the sex pistols was from an irish background yeah they would give him shit for wearing that but he he just did it to be a dick you know yeah. he was always he was always kind of anti anti-british you know, in his attitude, very pro-Ireland. Yeah. Uh, you know, he came, I mean, Tipperary, I believe the town of Tipperary was, was a, a headquarters for the IRA and the black and tan wars and all that yeah, stuff. The black and tan war, the fucking freaky, the footage that was showing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a good movie about that. Uh, mentioned he gets into it is uh, Michael Collins with Liam Neeson. Do you remember that film? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I rewatched it recently, and uh, it's, it holds up. It's a good movie. It's a, it's a it's a piece of history that very few Americans really know about, you know. Yeah. But what went on over there? But I mean, you know, he came from this this militant Irish background, and he always had that in him for his whole life. Um, he would start a punk band by the end of the seventies, uh, originally called the Nipple Erectors. And then, <laughs> and then it would be shortened to the nips. Very cool, melodic punk rock. Uh, I think they put out a few singles. Uh, yeah. Cool stuff. You could look that up. Um, but really, what would happen is, you know, right after punk rock was kind of, uh, you could say, removed from the scene and became the new wave, new romantic kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, kind he of, was talking uh, about that. Yeah, it fizzled out. And, and he just, came up with this idea of kind of fusing traditional Irish music, stuff like the Dubliners, yeah, bands yeah. that had been around from early part of the 20th century, all that, that traditional Irish music, and kind of mixing it with like a punk rock attitude, okay, and, and faster style of playing. It was genius. Come up with the Pogues. Yeah. Okay. Now, the Pogues was originally, they were called... Um, the Pogue Mahone, okay, which which really means in I in Gaelic in Irish, it means kiss my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah, that's great, and uh, that name would be shortened down to the Pogues because I think the the English kind of picked up on it. Yeah, they picked up real quick. That's <laughs> what, yeah. Um. This is it's it's kind of you got to take it into context a little bit how controversial this was. Okay, um, we look at it now forty years later, and and traditional Irish music is especially around St. Paddy's Day. You hear it in nineteen eighty when he formed this band. Th th that stuff was not in the mainstream at all, and this could only have come out of England as opposed to Ireland. Ireland in nineteen eighty was still very conservative. There was no way a band like this band could come out no. of Ireland. It would take these kind of second generation uh, Irish immigrants to England, the working class guys in England that were all of Irish descent that maybe were born in Ireland, but lived in England because that's where the work was. Uh, you know, that kind of, you know, drinking in the pubs and, and all that stuff. Ireland at that time kind of looked down on on the pogues they, it was like they were trying to get away from the idea of the the drunken patty the drunken <laughs> irishman okay and here you had shane with you know five good teeth in his mouth and drinking a pint and being totally lumped up on stage and falling down and slurring his words and i mean it, it was his lifestyle and and the band would would blur it'd be just those you know, teeth, man. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, the guy was known for that. It's just, <laughs> I hate to point that out. The guy's dead, but yeah, it really is. Um, and he would, and he didn't care. He did yeah. not care. I mean, he, he, you watch some of those early videos with the Pogues. I mean, he's just smiling with all these teeth in his mouth. He, he had no shame at all. Which is what fun. was the thing that happened in the news still? He was like in the news and they called him drunken patties and all this stuff. And a bunch of Irish guys started wearing a shirt Say, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ireland was trying to get away from that stereotype. Yeah. And, and they were, they were, 
you know, by 1980, Ireland was starting to modernize a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, there was a lot of politics involved. Also, the IRA was was very active at that time. So, you know, here they were in England celebrating Irish music, kind of putting their own take on it. And, you know, subways were being bombed by the IRA. So they 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 were like not really liked by anybody on either side of <laughs> Ireland and England, you know. Uh, but the the fans loved them. The people in the pubs, the the Irish people, the English, they loved them. Okay, the regular yeah. the regular folk. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's you crazy. Know? I mean, the Pogues even now. I mean, I think they're one of the the best bands of the of the late twentieth century. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't done a show on them. Actually, yeah, I'm surprised too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm slipping here. I gotta gotta really sometimes dig deep. Um, I think maybe maybe this year we'll can. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll March we'll do St. Patty's. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. It's always always a chance. Um, you know, he he was he was gonna sing. I mean, you know, his idea was I'm gonna sing about Ireland. The the what it's like to be Irish, what the background yeah. is, the history, uh, you know, famous people, and you know, they they would come up with these amazing albums. Uh, if I should fall from the grace of God, that's one. Uh, Rum, sodomy, and the lash. I always loved that title. Uh, that was produced by Elvis Costello, who picked up on them early on, and and. I think he told Elvis Costello go fuck himself. I, I was just gonna say that in that documentary, it's great because he says how they were arguing in the studio on how things were supposed to sound, and you know Shane, being Shane, said you know no, it's gonna sound like this if you don't like get the fuck out. You yeah. know, I think he did throw him out. They probably he probably finished, did probably finished recording it without him. You know, <laughs> get the hell out of it. Exactly. Well, um, you know, you being a bartender, Rob, is, is that how you got exposed to the Pogues? Yeah, pretty much from, from bars, because I worked at a lot of Irish bars. And that was like, I guess that was the requirement that they got to have a CD of, 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 the, of the Pogues in there. Because so Molly got one. She always had, even the new jukebox, even the jukebox in International, that she brought that album to uh, the, the, the new International. It's crazy. Right. But you always heard people play them like they, they. To me, I think it's sometimes a little bit too much because it's overplayed, and a lot of times, since you got that jukebox, you wind up listening to the same song like a hundred million times. Yeah, so play yeah. the same thing. It, it's you know the music. It it, it the songs are similar. Yeah, uh, you know I I like it. To me, it makes me fucking happy. You know, only the Irish could take like a shitty subject about being persecuted and turn it into a happy song. It's amazing. I mean, it's you know, you gotta hand it to him, you know. My I guess because I got Irish blood also that it's just in me, you know. The guy also think about it, the guy was like a musical genius and he just made it work. It's impressive all the stuff that he did, all the albums and stuff. Yeah. He had a long career, even when he became with uh with the popes and stuff. Yeah, well, what would happen is by uh and I you know, I saw them in eighty I think it was 87 going into 88 when, when fairy tale of New York was the big Christmas hit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is still here every year. Actually, oh, you, hear you hear that every day. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since he, since he passed, uh, 
this early this month that song went to number one in Ireland. I believe, of course. Right, he 30, was like, 30, thirty-five years old. It went to number yeah. one. Uh, yeah, of course it went. Yeah, that's the famous duet that he did with Kirsty McCall. Yeah. Um, what are some other other songs like "Dirty Old Town"? Yeah, "Dirty, Dirty Old, old Town", Town okay. "The Irish Rover." Uh, uh, it's like hundreds of them, man. Yeah. Um, "Brown Eyes." Okay, that's another great song. Uh, you know, he, uh, to me, I think he's one of the best songwriters of the last you know 50 60 years he's up there with dylan in my opinion uh i'm not the only one that has said that i know bruce springsteen admired him uh one guy who was really tight with him was johnny depp yeah did you see johnny depp at his funeral Oh no, I didn't see. I didn't see the. It was a, funeral. He, yeah, the funeral was was amazing. If I could, I mean, I would love to, have, you know, if I die, I'd love to have a funeral like this. I mean, he was carried. His coffin was carried by horse and carriage through the city of Dublin. Wow! In a, in a see through carriage, he was in a wicker coffin, like a, a wicker basket coffin. Yeah. I never saw anything like that before. Wow. And uh uh you know the they in the church um in Tipperary where he was where he was from as a kid. Uh everybody was lining the streets to see him. Johnny Depp was one of the pallbearers also. He also gave a, a short eulogy. Uh so many people came up to speak. Uh yeah. Jerry Adams who was part of the IRA Okay, he actually spoke to him too about him too. I mean, they were friends, and um, I mean, everybody loved this guy. You know, he just, yeah, you know, represented. I guess you really have to be Irish to appreciate it, but you know, he represented something in all of them. You know, yeah, he also had that rainy night on Soho. Rainy Night in Soho, Sunny Side of the Street was another song. Yeah, Jesse James. I mean, there's just tons. There's just tons of songs. When you listen to these things, the lyrics just are so real. You know, it's like stories. You know what I mean? And yeah, they talk about drinking, and you know, I always like the song "The Sick Bed of Kukulain." Yeah, <laughs> where, where at the end he says, you know, they put you in the ground and you popped out your head and you asked for another round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the line in there too, where he says, "Your friends, uh, your friends dragged you up to midnight mass and let left you in the lurch, so you put a button on the plate and threw up in the church." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so wrong, but it's so right, you know. Yeah, but he's so yeah, he's a poet. He like he was. To that whole documentary, I learned. Um, and he also played with a lot of people. He also collaborated with a lot of people, and like, like once it was punk, and then in other, he just took. I thought it was clever that he took that whole motion of turning Irish songs yeah. into like modern day like thing. Let's talk about it stuff now, and that was pretty impressive. It it, it was. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, no. You know, and he had so many songs. The guy was so prolific. You know, he'd walk around with, he'd have a book of songs all the time, you know, writing in them. Um, another, you know, we mentioned the documentary. Um, there's a great book here that came out 
uh, when did it come out? Let me see. I think it came out in two, yeah, 2001. Um, it's called A Drink with Shane McGowan. Okay. And uh, it was written by Victoria Mary Clark, who was a longtime companion of Shane. Uh, he would marry her in 2018, but they knew each other for many years before that. Uh, she's an interesting person. She's been posting some some very nice stuff on on Instagram before and after the funeral, and oh yeah, talking about you know trying to deal with the fact that he's gone and everything. And yeah, you know, it's this is somebody. I mean, you know, it's real stuff. You know what I mean? There he is. There's Shane. There's Shane. <laughs> now. Do you remember the the part about Sinead O'Connor and him? Yeah, what happened with that? They were friends, and by the late '80s, early '90s or so, um, he Shane had graduated from just drinking to hard drugs. Oh, okay. He's got into heroin a little bit. Yeah, and Sinead O'Connor had been friends with him for quite a while. Uh, even before she was famous, uh, they had that that song called "Haunted," yeah, which yeah. is like a duet between the two of them. The Pogues would record a version of their own of that song that was on the Sid and Nancy soundtrack. Mm. But I prefer the the duet between Shane and and uh, Sinead O'Connor. Oh yeah, you like that? Be- I like that better. Yeah, it's just Sinead has a beautiful voice. It just goes so well with it. Not that the Pogues version is bad. It's just it's just a little different. Um. And uh, she, Sinead was so concerned about him that she actually called the cops and, you know, got him arrested for possession. Okay, that was crazy. Of heroin. And, and he, he lost it on her, you know. Yeah. But then years later, he would apologize and say that was the best thing that she ever did for him. Yeah, I saw when he was talking about the documentary. I didn't realize that was that Sinead O'Connor. Like I, you know, I'm watching. I didn't realize that's who it was. Yeah, it was the Sinead O'Connor. Very stupid woman or something. He said something. Yeah, he, yeah, he called her in the press. He called her names, a stupid woman and all yeah. that. You know, but she really, by dropping a dime. And, and you know, one thing about the uh, the English is, I and I think a lot of Europe is like this, if I'm, if I'm right. I'm, I'm not sure if all of it is, but... If you get arrested for hard drugs, they don't like it's not like here where they lock you up forever. You know, there's 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 certain procedures they'll get you help and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. And uh I think he admitted that he needed help and yeah, he did say he needed it. You know, he, he would he would dry out and, and get off that. Um he would 1991 he, uh during the Japanese tour of the Pogues, he uh was fired from the band. Okay, and it was for just being lumped up and and for missing performances. I mean, they missed a couple of gigs because he just he was so out of it. Uh, hey, Mike, do you ever hear this? The I put a spell on you. The Haiti um charity song that they did that he did with like Nick Cave, Johnny Day, oh, Nick, Nick Cave, Nick Cave, Nick Cave. Yeah, yeah. He was very good friends with Nick Cave. Uh, Hindi, um, Chrissy Hines. I think, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I did. It was a tribute for Haiti. Uh, you know, I don't was, think I ever. I gotta tell you, I don't think I ever heard that. Even uh, Greg. Matt I kind of remember it. hearing about. It. I don't. I don't know the the songs on there, but I'm just reading it right now. I'm like, Wild Rover. He did with Shania Khan. He did some more songs. 
He did a lot of charity work. In, in, in 97, he did a cover of Lou Reed's Perfect Day. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was on a, um, a compilation of different artists for a charity called Children in Need. Okay. He, he did a lot of charity work. And he also, a lot of people don't know, he would, you know, go around with a wad of cash and give to beggars oh, shit. when he ran into them. Okay, in different countries and even I guess back home, if you saw a homeless person, he would give the guy money. You know, he, he always he always gave back. Uh, there's so many stories of, you know, people just running into Shane at four o'clock in the morning on a rainy night, you know, and they just meet, you know, he's coming back from some pub or something by himself. You know, there's, there's just so many stories like that. He was a regular guy, despite the fame. It, it never, it never got to him you know what i mean yeah that's good that never got yeah. to him you know now i remember seeing the pogues in 87 i believe at the ritz and uh they were excellent and then you know after he got kicked out in 91 he started um uh shane mcgowan and the popes and it was a what was happening with the pogues in the end there before he got thrown out they were kind of experimenting with different kinds of music and, and he just wanted to keep it Irish and traditional and yeah. kind of lost control of the band. And I guess lost control with his, his substance abuse and alcohol abuse and everything. Uh, so by, by the time he left was fired, he was relieved. Okay. Yeah. Who was singing when they did that? Oh, they got, they had a, a female singer for a while. Uh, I forget her name, but you know, they had different people in the band singing. Um, then, you know, um, the, uh, Shane McGowan and the Popes was, was kind of like a return to form. Okay. Uh, they had one great album. I remember called the snake, which was, was really good. Uh, let's see. Then, uh, he would do different things. He had some solo stuff to played with different bands, did a lot of charity. And then in 2001, he returned to the Pogues. Okay. And they did basically uh, between 2001 and then each year between 2004 and 2009, they would just do these like festivals and they were, you know, touring a lot. They were back together. Um, one person he was friends with from the old days was Joe Strummer. He was very good friends with him. Yeah. Joe always admired Shane's songwriting. Uh, he was very vocal about that. Uh, Joe would pass in 2002. Um, in 2010, he had a band called the Shane Gang for a while. Um, he also was, uh, God, let's see, 2014 to 2020, he was very active in uh, arena shows, uh, played with uh, Imelda May. Okay, she's great. A uh, band called Patty Maloney, um, you know, continued doing a lot of uh, charity work going into the, the 2010s and stuff like that. Um, they were all a lot of the charity stuff that he was interested in was stuff against, you know, helping children. That was that was a big thing for Shane. Yeah. You know, um, in 2018, he would marry. Victoria Mary Clark. They would get married in Copenhagen. 
Okay, they were engaged for eleven years. Wow, <laughs> before they got married. Um, you know, uh, over the years, you know, his health kind of declined. But you know, in that documentary, it's it's clear he never did really stop drinking. No, he was still drinking the documentary. Yeah, and I think that was from twenty twenty. Dude, how crazy is it that Shanae O'Connor passed before him? Right before in the same year, right? Yeah, no, I think Shanae when did she died? died. 22 or this year. When did she die? I gotta see. I think it's the same. I think she died early this year. Was it this year? For I some reason, I thought she died last year. It could be wrong. But maybe you're right. How crazy is that? It was like early this year, like February or something, or January. Oh, yeah, maybe it was the beginning of the year. Yeah. You looking that up? Yeah, I'm looking that up. Now we mentioned earlier his uh his thing with his teeth. Okay. Oh yes, he died in July. July of the, of twenty three. Yeah, twenty three. Yeah, yeah. So it was only five, only five months. You know, four 50. and a half months or so before before him. She was fifty six and he was sixty five. How funny is that? Ah, uh, yeah. Ten years apart. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, he was almost he was almost uh 67, right? Or 66? Almost 66. 66 yeah. Yeah. So um one th <laughs> you know, notorious for the bad teeth. He lost the last of his natural teeth around 2008. Okay. In 2015, he had a set of new teeth put in, including one gold tooth. Okay. And it was fitted in a nine-hour procedure like an operation and then they actually filmed it for an hour long special called shane mcgowan a wreck reborn <laughs> but you know even though he had his, his new teeth you know he would have problems he fought we had a couple of falls 2021 he broke his knee uh i think since about 20 uh, 2018, 2019, he really kind of was in a wheelchair, mm. you know, uh, I think he suffered from a lot of, I don't know if they were, you know, from drinking or just really just from being weak. Um, uh, in July of 2023, he was hospitalized again. Uh, he had a, a uh, an infection. He had been diagnosed with encephalitis. Which is swelling of the brain, yeah. Um, and then he would get pneumonia in the in the end of you know, and that would what would do him in. Um, on November thirtieth of this year, he died from pneumonia in his home in Dublin, with his wife by his side, and he was sixty five years old. Didn't have any children, okay, of his own. I think he never wanted kids. He was pretty clear about that in in that documentary. Yeah. Um, you know, and and. For the last month, you know, we've been seeing these great tributes. We've been seeing this outpouring of of affection for the guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know really. There there really aren't that many people you could compare him to. He was a one of a kind. kind yeah. Of guy. I you know you think of Johnny Thunders in a way. Okay, great songwriter, great guitar player, known probably more for the drugs he took than for his music. Unfortunately, because his music was great. Uh, 
but Shane had a, a, a much longer career and yeah. uh, really uh, affected a lot of mainstream people, even though he was never quite mainstream. I mean, Bruce Springsteen cited him as like his favorite songwriter. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, if you think, I mean, you know, Springsteen, you think he would be a Dylan fan more, you know, or something. Yeah. but he was, he was citing Shane, you know, um, at the, at the funeral, which was on December 8th, like I said earlier, there was a horse-drawn carriage and fans lined up on the streets of Dublin. Um, hundreds of people were inside St. Mary of the Rosary Church in Tipperary. Um, the, 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 the celebrities there were, like I said, Johnny Depp, who was also a pallbearer, Nick Cave, Bob, De uh, Bob Geldof. The president of Ireland, Michael Higgins, uh, Jerry Adams from, from the IRA. Uh, and they actually, the Pogues got together and did Fairy Tale of New York inside the church. And people were dancing and everything. Um, he was, they were on stage with, uh, not really, you know, they were in the church with uh, John Sheehan, who was a member of the Dubliners who've been around forever, okay, in Ireland. That's real traditional Irish music that influenced Shane. Um, just a little quote. I'll leave it with this from, from Michael Higgins, who's the president of Ireland, when he spoke at the funeral. He said, Shane will be remembered as one of music's greatest lyricists. So many of his songs would be perfectly crafted poems. If that would not have deprived us of the opportunity to hear him sing them, the genius of Shane's contribution includes the fact that his songs capture within them, as Shane would put it, the measure of our dreams of so many worlds, and particularly those of love, of the emigrant experience, and of facing the challenges of that experience with authenticity and courage, and of living and seeing the sides of life that so many turn away from. So I thought that was a very nice thing to say. Uh, Nick Cave, Nick Cave, he called McGowan the greatest songwriter of his generation. Uh, Springsteen actually said passion and deep intensity of McGowan's music and lyrics is unmatched. Uh, Bob Dylan performed a concert in Dublin in 2022. Uh, he paid tribute to McGowan while on stage, describing the former Pogues frontman as one of his favorite artists. I mean, well, you, know, uh, you know, I'm looking at a picture of the funeral. That was a hell of a funeral. They had him. Did they have like a pint, pint box? Like a, no, it was a wicker. Yeah, a wicker box. Wicker but it's like, it, looks, it looks like a wicker basket. Like it's woven. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a basket. And, and everybody, like Johnny Dead, there's a bunch of people holding him up. Yep. And they did and the, he, the traditional pole bearing where you put out the casket on your shoulder. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and then they put him like in this. They put the Irish flag on him. Yep. And the, the they had him in this like see-through kind of carriage. Horse carriage. It's pretty yeah, crazy. Horse carriage. Yep. Yep. Check that out online. It's out there. You can see it. Yeah, it's out there. I'm just looking at it because I, I heard you talk about it. Then I'm seeing they showing John. There's a bunch of pictures of Johnny Depp and his wife and everybody. Yeah. So that's what I got for you today. Man, what a history, man! This guy was a wow. Fucking guy, man, but he put his life the way he wanted to live. He liked to drink and write music. St. Patty's isn't going to be the same without Shane. No, and I, I, I guess I guess there's people in Ireland still recovering after this. Yeah, I mean, he was you know he was a national hero, national treasure. Yeah. You know, so all right, um, Shane McGowan. 
Uh, yes. What do we got coming up? I have no idea because you sent me the schedule. So we got a bunch of stuff. I know, we got I know what we got coming up. up. I was just I was just asking rhetorically. Uh we got a January is gonna be dedicated. The rock show is gonna be dedicated to Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. We're That's a, a two-parter, right? Two-parter on that. Um, uh, we got some cool interviews coming up. Um, I'll let you know more about that when it gets closer. We'll put it out on the Rock Show podcast group page. Uh, even going into February, we got a few things lined up. Yeah, because uh, we got Black History. Do the Black History. Black History Month too. We're going to talk about Motown, particularly Smokey Robinson. That's for February. Um, I think we will maybe do a special on the Pogues. Come around St. Patty's in March. Yeah. Um. You know, and uh, it's, dude, it's it's going to be five years that we're doing this. Jesus Christ, five years. Yep, five years in beginning of March, actually. Wow, I can't believe it went that far so far. And uh, we're, like, reaching uh, the 200 episode of the Rock Show. I know. I know, it's great. We got a lot of Rock Show, but we also got a lot of special because a lot of people passed away. It's crazy. Well, between COVID and, you know, other, other things, yeah, a lot of people did pass away. Yeah. Do you hear the one that that girl from the Dixie chick dying, uh, like the founder dying, like in a head head-on collision the other day? No, the f- yeah. wait, one of the one of the Dixie chicks. Yeah, one of the the founder of the Dixie. Oh, chick. I didn't even hear that. Yeah, it was like like it was like on Fox News. It was like all over the place for a while. Uh, I've been I've been a little out of it with Christmas and everything. I've been busy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Wow. All right, Mike. All right, so, so if anybody's looking for me on social media, you can find me on Facebook under Rocko Mike. Okay. Then the, on Facebook, the Rock Show Podcast group page, uh, Instagram and Twitter, Rocker Mike 212, Rocker Mike 212. Uh, I am on uh, MeWe, Getter, Truth Social. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. X. X, right, X. Known as, um, known as Twitter. Twitter. And I'm also on threads, which kind of sucks, but I'm on it. Uh, and that's all under Rocker Mike. Just Google yeah. Rocker Mike. I'll pop up. What can we that, find that, that one uh, thread is pretty much like, 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 like pretty much like Twitter. It's the same thing. It's like Twitter from 2020. Yeah. Where everybody's bitching and complaining and moaning and groaning. Yeah. You know, so anyway, where can we find you, Rob? And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, X, and um, the um, Lumped Up uh, page on on Facebook. And you can also find the website, gettinglumpedup.com, and send me a line, drop me some tune, and uh, give some suggestion for future shows if you guys like to. Oh, yeah. We always like the input. Um, you know, if you look at the YouTube shows, uh, there's always nice comments. I usually try to respond to everybody. Rob well, yeah, that's what, you know what the rock show is. I see getting a lot of like a lot of people are looking and comments and stuff. I'm just you know I'm watching it every day. Yeah, we're getting a lot of comments, people saying good stuff. Uh, you know, it, look, man, we've been doing this now five years almost, and I still have fun. You yeah, know, me I'm too. Not, you know, it's a slow burn, and we yeah. appreciate all the all the help and all the all the input that the fans give. Yeah, uh, there's people that have been with us since the very beginning and watch oh, yeah. shows. It's almost 200 now. You know, it's yeah. you know amazing. And then we have the other shows. Uh, you know, we have Conspiracy 420. Yeah, Dr. Mike and Rob presents, which is an interview show. We've interviewed so many people, so, so many, many people, different genres, all all kinds of stuff. Yep. 
Um, and then, of course, we have the Son of Sam Chronicles. Yes. And we're going to be starting another true crime thing. I might as well tell you about it now. Uh, it's going to be called The Truth Behind the Crime. I think we're going to start having some episodes within the next maybe two months or so, probably in the early part. Yeah, sounds good, man. The Truth Behind the Crime. That sounds good. It's behind the Crime. We got the true crime bug because of the Son of Sam Chronicles, which we're kind of going to be winding that show down a bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was a fantastic show that went on for, I mean, it was our number one show for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're going to delve into some other true crime things, going to be some one-off shows. Yeah. Uh, not so many, like just one thing. Um, and, you know, just follow us. We're, you know, look under Getting Lumped Up. We're out there. Yeah. All right, people. And remember, don't get drunk. Get lumped up. See you next time. Take care, people. I want to get lumped up tonight. Listen to Rob Ross and Young Rock come on. The only podcast that I'll hear. They won't make me wanna rip off my ear.